0: Hello and welcome to the BizDesign Enterprise Architecture podcast. My name is Will Scott, and in these podcasts, we talk to leaders in the areas of enterprise architecture and how they and their teams deliver value to their organizations in advancing strategy, optimizing operations, and reducing and managing risks. In this session, I speak with Morten Berregaard and Thomas Rode, both in the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence at Danske Bank. Danske Bank is the largest bank in Denmark and a major retail bank in Northern Europe. Now, Danske Bank was the collaboration winner for the 2021 BizDesign Change by Design Awards. And in this session, I talked to Morten and Thomas a lot more about the collaboration the EA team needed to use as they implemented a formal enterprise architecture practice and set of tooling across Danske Bank and how they drove change across people, process and tools. So let's go to that interview now. So gentlemen, welcome to the session today. It's a pleasure to have you here. I think it'd be useful for the people watching this and listening to this if we had um, a quick introduction, so uh, introduction um, to yourselves. So uh, Thomas, maybe I'll begin with you. If you could just tell us who you are, the role you work in, and, and how you ended up there.
1: Yeah, well, so uh, yeah, my name is uh, Thomas Rode. Um, I work in Danske Bank, Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence. I've been working in Danske Bank for a bit over 30 years now. So uh, yeah, I'm one of the older ones. Uh, Started as mainframe programmer and quickly uh, turned uh, into um, uh, the uh, distributed platform, the uh, laptops and PCs and what have you, and then moved into strategy around 2000 and then ended up in the enterprise architecture uh, uh, function when that was created.
0: Um, I bet you've seen a a lot of change in those 30 years as well.
1: Definitely. (laughs) And we have foreseen a lot of change that took a bit longer to uh, come to fruition than uh, we had expected and hoped for, um, especially the uh, enterprise architecture function. so we have been called enterprise architects for a number of years, but we, we were, in fact, management consultants and not doing right. enterprise architecture.
0: Interesting. Um, so, please, we, Morten, why, why don't I go to you? If you could just give introduction to yourself and, and your role in the bank.
2: Yes, I'm uh, Morten Bjergård. I have uh, worked for Danske for, uh, uh, what is it, 17 years now? Uh Yeah, 17 years now, and the past 10 years, I've been in uh, in the enterprise architecture function together with with Thomas uh, and really the same applies. I come from from, uh, various uh, software engineering and architecture roles in the financial services industry, both on the uh, software vendor side, but also uh, from uh, business units in Danske and, uh, and another bank, where I've been working with creating, designing uh, software solutions for the use in the bank. Okay. Uh, all, uh, along the road, it uh, became clear that it was more interesting for me to work on sort of the grand designer things. And so I got an opportunity to start working with uh, EA uh, those years ago.
0: Fantastic. And uh, uh, Thomas, could you just give us, for people listening today, just 30 seconds about Danske Bank?
1: Oh, well, 30 seconds.
0: <laughs> as much as time is in you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, well, Danske Bank is the largest bank in, in Denmark and we are present in, in uh, Scandinavia and UK and etc. cetera. And uh, so we have been around as a uh, retail and commercial bank for 150 years. Actually, we had our 150th uh, anniversary this year not long ago, ago. Uh, so it's quite established, and uh, yeah, well, you're basically a a bank like everybody knows a bank, just based in in Denmark.
0: Got it. Well, I'm keen to get on to, uh, I'd like to congratulate again for being a finalist in the collaboration category for the Enterprise Architecture Customer Innovation Awards, but I'm keen to get a little bit of background Um, Now, Morgan, you and I were talking earlier about the BWOW initiative. Could you talk a little bit more about the BWOW initiative, what that stands for, and specifically what that meant for enterprise architecture?
2: Yeah, BWOW is an acronym that means Better Ways of Working. And this was an initiative that was launched at the, uh, well, really by the CEO of the day uh, some years ago to uh, reform how we work at the bank. Not only in IT, also in the business. The main thinking was to uh, instill agile uh, ways of working, really to get to work uh, based on the Agile manifesto across the bank, across business uh, units, and uh, in IT, and actually uh, melt together business and IT to eradicate that uh, annoying. Borderline that we've seen uh, for decades between business and IT, it's always been Demonos. So it was really to get rid of that. It was also to get rid of uh, all these uh, idiosyncratic uh, uh, overlaps that uh, had grew grown out of the uh, of the past in into the organization. And so in BWOW, the design is that you have uh, units called tribes. They have a distinct purpose and uh, and are focused so that they have very high cohesion of what they work with. Uh, the tribes include both uh, the IT solution, their responsibility, but also the delivery of the services in the business. And uh, this also means that the, uh, the business development side of things, that's also part of the tribes. So there's not really something like you. You sit there working with IT and you can't really get to the business people to sort out uh, what to do. No, because they're in the tribe. So they're they're really in the same boat.
0: And one of the things you talked about um, in in the submission that you made is this challenge of having a large portfolio of applications, but the lack of a agreed uh, single source of truth and agreed sort of repository for what are those applications. Um, and a, a common language to use when talking about uh, uh, applications. Could one of you talk about that a little bit more?
2: Well, the uh, the overarching uh, issue here was that uh, while the ambition was to have tribes that were fairly autonomous in the BWOW design, we always had great deal of autonomy in uh, the different uh, IT organizations that we've had at Danske, So that wasn't really so new. It was more to go uh, about it in a new way. We'd like to think a smarter way, obviously, uh, but I'm sure that back in the day, they thought they were smart too. But uh, then uh, over the years, you grow this uh, large uh, application portfolio. And then uh, what do you do now with a new organization how do we make sure that you honor the uh, design principles of high cohesion and distinct purpose, which should lead to that you have all the say payments applications in one tribe, all the mobile banking applications in another tribe, etc. How do you do that? And this is where uh, we turned to uh, to business design to build both a domain model. And an application inventory, so that we could have basically almost like the yellow pages and and look up everything and say, okay, it comes from here. Uh, those guys were owning it. Uh, it's categorized into this domain. Uh, this uh, should mean that it uh, that this tribe over there should own it because domains express business purpose, and that helps us to decide if we want distinct purpose about. Uh, payments in this tribe, well, then they need to have all the applications categorized too. Uh, uh,
0: Can you talk talk a little bit more about that implementation journey? Because, you know, when I think about implementation, it's always people, process and tools. Now, presumably you had your application repository and a bunch of different um, Excel spreadsheets, databases, who who knows what, right? So you, you brought them all into a central repository. But was it a challenge to get people to let go of the old ways to no longer use the excel spreadsheet or was this like a centrally driven initiative and everyone was sort of on board what was this what was that story like
1: yeah so that, well the, the problem was not wasn't the excel spreadsheets excel is a wonderful tool and you will continue to use excel spreadsheets especially to collect data um the problem was the lack of language around applications and the lack of central drive or initiative around it. Plus, there were really no uh, stakeholder interest until very recently in maintaining that central repository. But various various forces uh, drove the organization to uh, realize that we both need and uh, for uh, regulatory purposes, but also for efficiency purposes to have and maintain it, this core set of knowledge so we both can live up to yeah, regulatory purposes, but also drive a strategic initiative that cuts across tribes where we need this kind of base information and where this design really uh, excels in, in uh, expressing these uh, views on built on top of um, a basic inventory.
0: So now, now you can you can run this sort of insight, these these views anytime you like. And I imagine the data ownership is now, is still out in what you call the tribe. So there's people who own various yeah. applications and, and they, they're they responsible for maintaining how, you know, the currency of the data around those applications. Is that right? Yeah, precisely. That's right. Um, and so, and that you, you said, that's really interesting. It's not just about efficiency, but it's regulatory requirements as well. So wh- when you're a bank and you're dealing with regulatory requirements, you-, you don't have a choice about these things, right? These reporting requirements and, and, and no. what have you. So that was that helpful in, in driving this, driving the, the end of the Excel spreadsheets, I guess.
1: Yeah. So we, as many banks, we are, have been driven by deadlines set by regulatory authorities. So we knew a report was coming up either because we got a pointed finger from the FSA or something else, and we have six months or so to collect the data. Um, hopefully um, our goal is to uh, at some day, whenever somebody wants a report, it's not a project to gather data, it's just a presser for button. Right. And that's the, the goal. So getting the regulatory stuff aside and make the cost of doing that kind of reporting so low that we can use that effort instead to drive the uh, value of our application portfolio up.
0: Absolutely. And I, um, I mean, the value proposition, not only of meeting regulatory requirements, but something that struck me there, Thomas, you're talking is the speed. You know, I've talked to enterprise architecture teams who said in the past when they were using Distributed application management methods. If the question was, "What does the application portfolio for human resources applications look like?", that might have taken six weeks to put yeah. that together, with, exactly. with Visio diagrams and PowerPoints, and and is it? And now, you know, literally, it's seconds yeah. if it's maintained. So, gentlemen, tell me. I mean, fantastic. You've got this sort of transformation. Um, how does this segue into? I was interested reading your in your submission the. Customer Journey Acceleration um, Program. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what your role was in that?
2: Yes, certainly. As part of uh, building new uh, tribes was also to, uh, you can say, restaff them or basically go from clean slate and then figure out uh, who are the people to be in this tribe uh, and that tribe and so on. And uh, and this was uh, uh, I mean almost on a volunteer basis that you could you could uh, apply for a position in any one tribe. It 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 didn't have to be so that because you've been working with uh, accounting uh, systems for uh, for the the last period that uh, that that was your uh, life forever. No. Uh, there was this was uh, really the time for uh, for shifting gears and uh and switching career uh, completely uh and this happened but that then means that when you get into the new tribes uh, there will be a lot of people that are a uh, uh either new uh completely to uh to working in i t or b uh, they are completely uh new to the domain, they need a lot of help. And uh, this concept called customer journey acceleration was created uh, by uh, uh, pulling forces from uh, enterprise architecture and uh, a number of other teams. Uh, So then uh, based on all the the methods and insights from uh, our different teams, to help them bootstrap themselves uh, and thus accelerate uh, relatively quickly uh, onto a correct direction in the broader perspective. And uh, how do you do that? Well, the first thing you do is that you look in your inventory. So once again, the inventory that that Thomas just spoke about, well, that came uh, to value because There you can see, so what what do we actually own? They didn't know that because they were new uh, to the area. And and then you can start working on, so what are the known issues? You can collect data points about that. You can then start uh, building a plan based on that. You can pull in uh, methods for drawing up a target architecture for that and thus help the teams uh, get started uh, much more quickly than if they had to invent everything themselves. Got it. So so gentlemen,
0: quite a journey. You've got to a point now where you've got this common repository in place, this common language which enables you to make better decisions faster, enables you to meet regulatory requirements, enables you to support transformation initiatives like the BWOW initiative. Tell me, what does the what's the future hold? What's 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 top of your mind now for the next couple of years? What do you think the next Next thing
2: to knock down is? These days we are uh, working on uh, implementing what we call operational interconnectedness. It's a term invented by the European Banking Authority and just the EBA, which is really about <clears throat> that banks and other financial institutions, they must demonstrate that they are on top of how they work uh, and this means that you have to show uh, for uh, for any specific uh, uh, business product or or even more broadly in societal terms, economic functions that uh, you know uh, why it works at Danske and how it works at Danske, and and thus also uh, what uh, bottlenecks might you have, what uh, business continuity challenges might you have. You can see all that. The foundation for doing that is uh, what we've named the uh, operational interconnectedness information model, or just the OI information model. You can also think about it as a meta model. The meta model uh, defines how products, processes, applications, services, and many more things relate to each other. Yeah. The world is complicated, and we found that it's not feasible to have one uh, know-it-all system where you can have information about all these different information elements. Rather, uh, we've chosen to uh, to work on the uh, architecture perspective using business sign, and that's also where we built the uh, inventory. But then, uh, when you you turn to uh, services, it's uh, ServiceNow, now that's the master and uh, likewise for, for the other information elements. So the challenge is also about uh, uh, institutionalizing that we have these golden source masters, BizDesign, ServiceNow, and many more, and uh, making sure that we have uh, integrations in place so that they are always in sync. Yeah,
0: and I've often heard that said that the enterprise architecture becomes the system of record for relationships Meaning, when you're relating the services in service now with, I don't know, projects in project portfolio management systems, like understanding those relationships um, is is what EA is built for. Um, Thomas, how about yourself? What's top of your mind for the, uh, the, co- the coming couple of years?
1: Yeah, well, uh, personally, I've been in, a, in increasingly operational mode. So, because we own the application inventory, Uh, We own the tool, the processes around it. It's it's on our shoulders to maintain it. So uh, currently we are very much focused on operationalizing. And as you say, giving both the responsibility and accountability, but also doing the actual work of maintaining this out into the tribes, instead of having weird processes like using email or teams to, to maintain the inventory. Right. Luckily, uh, we have a few very important stakeholders that use the inventory. And um, so, for example, GDPR tracking is based on the inventory. That means that people or the tribes are really interested now in maintaining the accuracy of the inventory so they can report on the correct stuff. So we have moved from a being a... Meddle some EA function that asked for information to now actually providing value and the next step is to capitalize on that. Uh, value we provide and bring it, in, uh, it into a more operational uh, uh, mode. Um, we intend to use uh, service now to uh, a large extent to. Track and uh, maintain the data because that's the familiar operational tool we have. And that means that we can free up more time, uh, our architecture time, to uh, to focus more on using best design for target architecture development, real APM stuff where we, we start to report and evaluate on right. non-essential properties about the portfolio in order to support uh, strategic decision making. So that's our... Free up the operational stuff and focus more on APM and strategy and real EA work rather than operational stuff.
0: And maintaining the 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 quality of that data, Thomas, I know is so important because the system's only as good as the quality of data um, yeah. that comes out of it. And I think I'm sure you've been very selective in the data that you accomplish because every piece of data comes with a cost. I mean, it may not be a physical yeah. cost, right? But it's a cost of maintenance someone now has to have a name next to that piece of data that says they're responsible for updating it um well Jens, yeah. listen i'd like to thank you for your time today it's been a really interesting conversation um once again congratulations um on the achievement and uh, i wish you the very best sounds like you put a found out fantastic foundation in place going forward but again i'd like to take just a moment here to thank you for your time today and uh, and sharing with us your story there at Danske bank thanks very much
1: You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. And I really liked how Morton and Thomas talked about building that tribe of people across the organization. Some good tips to keep in mind for anyone else looking to build out the enterprise architecture function in their enterprise. For more podcasts, blogs and recorded webinars, please visit us at bizdesign.com, where there's a wealth of information available. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a review on the podcast platform you use. If you'd like to tell your EA story and feature on this podcast, then please email me, willscott at podcast at bizdesign.com. BizDesign is a leader in the area of enterprise architecture software that supports enterprise architecture teams in delivering value to their organizations with a key focus on the value outcomes of strategy advancement, operational efficiency, and reducing risk. Thanks for your time today.